All right, everybody, welcome to yet another episode of Feel Good Friday. It's a very special episode today because it's episode 70. We made it to another milestone, a new decade. You know, well, maybe a decade is the right, a new set of numbers. It's a milestone. Fuck you. You get it. Uh, Anyway, episode 70. Happy to be here. Happy to still be doing this. I'm still having fun. Still got support. People are giving me feedback about episodes. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy guy right now. I'm a happy dad. Happy dad seltzer started drinking that. Very happy about that decision as well. Everything's happy right now. It's that fucking Pharrell song from Despicable Me. Cause I'm happy. That's me. That was a good Pharrell impression, right? Yeah. No biggie. Pharrell Williams. Pharrell Williams. Uh, the song drop it like it's hot banger back in the day. Underrated line, uh, talks about, um, something about a, a necklace, a pearl necklace that's whiter than what's spilling down your throat. As a kid, I didn't get that, but that's a cum shot in the mouth. And uh, Pharrell, you dog you, you dog. And then he went on to make all the music for the Illumination movies. So good guy, good guy, Pharrell. Anyway, episode 70, um, take a shot. Every time I say episode 70, episode 70, episode 70. Special guest on today, comedian Alex McKenzie, very, very funny guy. Um, appreciate him taking the time to let me ask him some dumb questions and just have a chat with him. Seems very interesting. He's he's a bit of a journeyman. He's lived on a boat. He lives in an RV. He, he just travels the nation. He does shows. He's, he's awesome. He's really awesome. So check him out. Um, and if you're not sold, just listen to the interview, and I bet you you will be. I bet you you will be. Uh, really cool guy. So... Awesome to have him on. Before I get to the rest of the episode, the interview, whatnot, I wanted to do a, I wanted to give a big shout out to my buddy Mason, Mason Marino, uh, at Trader Joe's, coworker of mine. Always knew he was an awesome dude. He's been a friend since I started. He's he's he took me right in. You know, made me feel welcome. Very 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 nice guy. Very cool. Very funny. Uh, easy to talk to too. Uh, he definitely, you know, finds things to, uh, to talk about. And then, yeah. Uh, then he found out about my podcast. He didn't know I had one at first. And then I think I was like at episode 50 or maybe even beyond that. And he found out and he was like, Oh shit, I'll listen to that. Cause I, he, he drives to and from work and it's a bit of a bit of a hike. So he's got some time to kill. So he said he was going to listen to the podcast and I was like, ah, all right, it's cool. Like you don't have to, you know, cause a lot of people say they'll check it out and then they don't. Um, but he did because he would give me, like, he would tell me his favorite episodes and he would, you know, tell me parts about the episodes. Very, very super cool of him. Very nice of him to actually go through and check out the episodes. I appreciated that a lot. So that alone, I'm like, all right, Mason, good guy. Other day I'm working. I'm on my 10, I'm out back, I'm watching Succession. We'll get to that later. It's my new obsession. Succession is my obsession. Uh, it's a it's a show about, you know, we'll talk about it later, don't worry. I mean, you know what it's about, fuck it. Anyway, so I'm watching Succession, I'm, I'm, on my, I'm on my 10, I'm drinking my water, and I think I was eating some cookies because I'm a fat ass, but it's okay. <sighs> I'm chilling, and Mason comes out. And he's not in his work clothes, he's, he's not there for a shift. He just came by, he had some shopping to do, I'm sure. But, you know, you come by to say hi because Trader Joe's is like a family there. Like everyone is so cool with each other. And uh, 
he comes by and he sees me. And he's like, I got something for you. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. And he gives me this hat and he hands it to me uh, backwards at first. It's a very nice uh, trucker style hat, uh, white mesh on the back, um, which white, dangerous color. I got to be careful with this hat because uh, white, you know, gets dirty really easily. That's why I can't have Air Force, like all white ones or my, my van slip-ons are, are fucked because they were all white and I loved them and now they're dirty. So I got to be careful with this hat. I really got to be careful with this hat because he hands me and I see the white mesh on the back. I'm like, okay, cool. Turn it around. It's a green front, uh, light gray brim, curved brim. And then on the front, there's a brown leather patch with Feel Good Friday, like engraved into the patch in a very nice cursive font. It's fucking awesome. It's the same font as the the picture on Instagram. Um, it's so fucking cool. And honestly, I don't think, like I wanted to get up and hug him, but again, I'm fat. So I was sitting down and I, I couldn't get up because, you know, I'm like a little, like I'm a, I'm a walrus. Like it would take a lot for me to be like, oh, thank you so much. Oh, hold on a second. I'm going to come hug you. Uh, so I just, you know, I just smiled a bunch. I just kept saying, thank you. That's so cool because it was, it was so cool. It was so nice and, uh, inspirational too. Like such a nice act, a kind act. And he just did it. It wasn't my, my birthday's in August. You know, there's no, it's not Christmas. It's hot out there. It's not Christmas. Um, every day could be Christmas. You know, you're an adult. If you want to every day to be Christmas, fuck it. Every day's Christmas, but it was not technically Christmas. Again, my birthday's in August. He just gave me this hat out of the goodness of his heart. Maybe he's an actual fan of the show. Maybe he's trying to be nice. I don't know. Either way, super, super appreciated. It's a cool fucking hat too. Like I'm going to wear it. I'm not just like having this hat as decoration. Like I want to wear it. Um, And then, you know, this goes with my sister. My sister back a couple, I think uh, last Christmas, got me a shirt that said Feel Good Friday Host. Um, so I could, I could wear the combo and really, really, you know, promote this shit when I'm going out. Um, but it's, it's, those are two super kind acts, two people that, that know how much I love doing this podcast, how much it means to me. And now I get to show it. And, um, I've shown it before with the t-shirt. The only, the thing with the t-shirt is, um, I think she underestimated, uh, how (laughs) husky I am. Let's go with Husky. Husky's a lot better than fat, right? Um, someone said uh, I looked insulated, which, awful. I, I would rather take fat than insulated. Insulated just sounds like I'm a fucking, like, like I was made in a fat factory. And it's like, all right, we got another insulated boy. Yeah. But anyway, um, so the t-shirt's a little tight on me. So I don't like wear it because I don't want to ruin it. So... It's motivation for me to lose weight. And I do wear it. It's not like I never wear it. It's just I, I can't really wear it out because it's tight on me. And uh, I'm a little self-conscious. But you know, who isn't? You know, like Kanye West said, we are self-conscious. I'm just the first to admit it. Uh, I think people have admitted it before, Kanye. You're not, it's not a breakthrough, buddy. And that was good, Kanye, too. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Thank you, Mason. Thank you, Becky, too, for the t-shirt. I don't know if I ever formally thanked her on here for the t-shirt. It's a very nice t-shirt. It's got the palm trees on it. It's very it's very me. I love it. And thank you, Mason, for the hat. It's a super sharp hat. Like, it's sharp, dude. This is not low quality at all. This is a nice hat. It looks like a golf hat, honestly. Like, it's a bit classy. It's almost a bit classy for me. 
Um, but I'm going to wear it. You bet your fucking ass I'm going to wear the shit out of this hat, dude. Uh, I'm not going to get it dirty, but I am going to wear it. So I'm going to wear it on special occasions where I won't be getting it dirty, where I won't be sweating, hopefully. I, again, I am uh, <laughs> insulated, I guess, so I might be sweating, you know, just walking down the street. Excuse me. Um, but just wanted to say I appreciate it so much. And like I said, it's inspirational because it, it was this this act of kindness that there was no cause for it. Like I didn't ask him to make it. We didn't, we hadn't talked about anything like that. Like I, I wasn't like, yeah, you know, I want to get merch. Um, he just made it out of the goodness of his heart. And it's like, I, that makes me want to be a better person. Like if he can do it, why not me? You know, uh, he just made someone's day. Like that made my week getting this hat. I was so stoked. I went to Snapchat immediately. I was like, shout out to Mason feel fresh Friday. Cause it was, it's very fresh gear. Yeah. Fresh people still say that, right? Well, they do now. I'm saying it. Fuck you. Uh, so inspirational, super kind, all these good things. Thank you, Mason. You're the man. And uh, it's an honor to work with you, even though we don't work as much because you got, you know, you got the, you got the new job. You, you know, you can only be at Trader Joe's a couple days a week, but you still make time for your TJ's family. Another reason why Mason is such a good guy. Still comes to Trader Joe's, gives two days a week. I think two days a week. It might be down to one. I'm not sure. I know Tuesdays for sure. I see him. But uh, just just big shout out. Big shout out, Mason Marino. You, uh, you're, you're a good guy. And uh, I appreciate that. So feel good Friday. I'll, uh, if you want to see the hat, just let me know. I'll send you a snap of it. And Because um, I'm excited. I'm excited to show it off. I'm going to be wearing it. Um, I'll probably wear it Friday to Becky and Steve's rehearsal dinner. Um, maybe my sister said, you know, you don't have to wear the suit obviously to the rehearsal dinner, but don't dress like a bum, which I'm like, that's my style. I'm bum, but we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, it's a classy looking hat. So maybe I can get away with it. People will think I just, uh, you know, went 18 holes or something like that. Not sex. Golf. They wouldn't look at me. I, I could not walk into any room and people would be like, that guy just had sex with 18 women. No, no, no one ever, no one has ever thought that. I probably walk into a room and people might go, that guy just jerked off 18 times before he came here. That's probably it. But other than that, yeah, I'm not getting those assumptions. So anyway, Mason, thank you again. Becky, thank you again for the shirt. It's a great combo to have. Um, I'm I'm excited to to wear it out, you know, and people say, what, Feel Good Friday, what's that? And I get to say, well, it's my podcast, motherfucker, you know, and I got cool friends who give me shit that helps me promote it. So, boom, I'm not going to be that rude to them. I'm like, yeah, it's Feel Good Friday, it's my podcast. Yeah, you can check it, it's on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, so, yeah, give it a shot. Yeah, Super nice, super kind. I'm not that aggressive. Although after watching Succession, I feel like I should, you know, I kind of want to mold my personality after. They're all dicks, though, so maybe not. Anyway, I'm done talking. Um, just thank yous. Thank yous to Mason and Becky and uh, everyone else who supported the podcast as well, obviously. Um, it was just a, you know, this is this is a new gift. So specific shout out to Mason. And uh, yeah, Alex McKenzie coming up. Episode 70. It's going to be a good one. I'm, I'm stoked. He's a really funny guy. Haven't done the interview yet, so, um, you know, right now, I'm just, I, I don't know what to expect. 
So this could be this this could be uh, the best interview yet. Let's see. Fingers crossed, baby. All right, I'm out of here. Well, I'll be back. So I'm not out of like for just out of here like for you know eight seconds while the intro music plays, and then you'll don't worry, you'll hear my voice again. I'm not going anywhere. Well, I'm going somewhere for eight seconds. I gotta go take a shit. So, all right, Alex McKenzie coming up. All right, everybody, welcome back to episode 70 of Feel Good Friday. I am here with a very special guest, very funny comedian, Alex McKenzie. Alex, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Oh, man, I'm so happy to be here, dude. Thanks for, thanks for having me, Joe. It's, yeah. Uh, looking forward to it, dude. <laughs> I, um, I watch a lot of stand-up, so I see a lot of reels, Instagram, Facebook, all that. And the first one I saw of yours... It was from a while ago. You were talking about how you were sober for a year and then saying like sober people say, you know, uh, the best way to get to know someone is hang out with them when they're not drinking, you know, something like that. Um, And right off the bat, just super funny. And even a topic like that, that's, you know, semi-serious, you portray it in this way that's just like happy. And uh, I think that's the thing that drew me in was it's this contagious positivity and uh, I love it. And oh, yeah. yeah, I'm really glad that uh, the internet showed me you. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Well, same. Likewise, dude. It's great getting to meet you. I'm, you know, big smiley guy, dude. That, uh, <laughs> I think that's the thing, like, you know, I don't know, but my, uh, my shtick is, I think I kind of found my lane with this, like, happiness cheerleader thing, you know, where yeah. and I, I, think, I think in anything, like, in life, in the world, you always have people pulling pulling the rope each way you know Mm -hmm. and i think they're equally important you know like you have someone pulling the rope one way you need people pulling it back the other way Mm -hmm. and um you know i think there's enough people out there pointing out all the flaws and bad things in the world that i'm like okay well i i think it's really good like i think this is the best time to be alive i think the world's never been in better shape Uh and there's never been a time to have more fun than right now and so I'm like, I'm pulling the rope back this way, saying like, well, come get on my team, you guys, trust me. It's way cooler over here, you know? <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's, uh, yeah, I like having that good blend of like, you know, you got comedians like uh, Bill Burr or uh, Tom Segura who are kind of more negative, I guess. Um, right. Uh, but then, you know, I like to balance that out with comedians like you or uh, Brian Reagan, even like someone like who's, right? yeah. Um, so speaking of those guys, uh, who were some of your inspirations when you were getting into comedy? Like, who's who? Who were the main draws that really you were like, I want to do that? Yeah, yeah. So the very, very beginning of it would have been, uh, you know, local Canadian boy uh, Russell Peters. Okay. And uh, and Dane Cook. Okay. Those were the first. They were just the first big name comedians that I ever came across in my time. Mm-hmm. So it was like, uh, what was it with? Russell Peters got really big in Canada, you know, he's Canadian, obviously, that just for laughs, and he just started blowing up, and he had that joke about, uh, you know, someone's going to get a hurt real bad. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, um, I mean, not, like, top of my head, I... Yeah. But... No, no, so it was just a very good joke, it was very funny about, like, you know, just showing kind of like what Indian life was coming over to Canada, mm-hmm. where then he was... Uh, you know, he would misbehave, and then he learned at school that you could phone child services, and uh, they would take the dad away. And his dad, as soon as he did that, he like he threatened his dad. He goes, "I know, I know my rights now here in Canada. I can phone child services, and they'll take you away." 
And he goes, Russell, let me get you the phone. <laughs> he goes to get the phone for him. And he tells him, like, uh, tells him, you know, you're going to get, uh, he goes, yeah, you can phone Charlotte Services, but it's going to take them seven to ten minutes to get here. And in that time, somebody's going to get hurt real bad. <laughs> <laughs> So it was like that, that blew up, and then I was like, dude, that's so funny, and it was like fun, and that kind of got me on it, and then I was always just watching, like, just for laughs, mm-hmm. uh, they had like a 30-minute segment every day when I got home from school, yeah. you would watch Simpsons, and then just for laughs, and I just nice. could not get enough of this stand-up comedy thing, and then um, Dane Cook was the first comedian ever, he really utilized social media on the internet, I found, so he okay. had... Uh, what was it? He got all of his jokes animated. So mm. he got them made into cartoons, and then you would watch them on things like, I don't know if you guys, did you watch E-Bomb's World? Oh, I remember E-Bomb's World. Ch- Absolutely. Yeah, E-Bomb's World and College Humor, and they had them on <laughs> there. And you would watch these animated clips, and I was like, this is great. And then I found out that was stand-up, mm. and I was like, dude, that is it's so cool. And that's where like my love for it started, I would say, probably around 12 years old. Okay. Um, but never thought about doing it. Never, dude. Like, I didn't. In a, a million years, I never thought I could do it. And it was, wasn't until I was, dude, I was like 26 years old when I first did stand-up. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. 26 years old, first hitting the stage. What what, what was some of your, because a lot of the times, it, or not a lot of the times, but I hear, because I'm trying to get back into comedy. I used to do it in college, just a couple open mics. Um, you, you talk about what you know. So 26, I know right now you got an interesting life. You're the RV lifestyle, but then you were on a boat for a while. Um, You've had an interesting life, but at 26, what was, what was going on? Like what was some of your material? So material was, so at 26, I was still working at the mill. I was a uh, power engineer and I was just starting my industrial instrumentation mechanics apprenticeship. Okay. Um, So I was doing that and, uh, how it all started actually was with like like this a podcast me and my buddy started a podcast my buddy loved rogan uh-huh. he was like dude this podcasting thing is super cool yeah. you know it's new he's like we got to do this like it's just uh getting to actually sit down and have a direct conversation with someone mm-hmm. and about like like meaningful kind of shit you know not yeah. just like oh you know how's the weather or whatever like you get to actually discuss topics and kind of debate right and so we have a podcast and we ended up interviewing a comedian from New York, and that's where it all started. I mentioned to him that I love stand-up. I mm-hmm. came from a small town in northern BC, like mm-hmm. so it's like Prince George, it's called. It's like 80,000 people. Um, not a real scene for, for comedy here. Yeah. Um, I didn't know there was any scene at all. Um, <laughs> and then what ended up happening was people wrote into the show, because I mentioned I love it and I'd love to try and then mm-hmm. someone emailed the show and said hey there's like a group of us like five or six of us to do it here if you want to come try it out and I remember uh, being like well you know like the universe delivers you always said you wanted to and now's your chance like <laughs> you can't be a coward so I put together like three to five minutes of what I thought was uh, good material or my best material at the time uh-huh. and I went and delivered it to uh, open mic which was great like all, all your friends come your first yeah. time you're doing stand up like we gotta see what this kid's gonna do right so we got like you know 30 people in there um, it was a good turnout and it went phenomenally well for what I was expecting okay um, to give you an idea for some jokes the idea of that it was a long way to get to it but uh, my, my first real joke that, like, worked, that, like, seemed to like was about dating. 
Okay. So it's always about dating. Yeah. Pretty common topic, you know, universal. And it was about dating according to the season. So okay. we live in Canada, it's northern Canada, so it was like summertime, that was like vacation time, uh-huh. so I would take like a relationship vacation, <laughs> and then during the fall, um, up here in the fall, that's like hunting season, that's yeah. when everyone goes and hunts and tries to get a moose, you know, so that was like, I'm on the hunt for a mate, and then wintertime was like hibernation season, so uh-huh. that's when you're in a relationship and you're like hibernated and locked down, right, right. and then springtime was uh, spring cleaning, so it was like, all right, time to get it over with, and spring then go on another summer vacation. <laughs> I remember that was like my first joke. Uh, the other ones were like silly things where you're just, you know what it is, like you're, you're looking for things that are ironic, basically when you first start, you don't know what you're doing, mm-hmm. so you're just doing, um, you're almost just pointing out like, what's the deal with, they're like, this is stupid, right? Right, right, right. Like, taking a silly, silly angle on it, yeah. so it was, um, I remember, like, do you guys have, do you call it, like, defensive driving? Um, not, that, like, did so, like, on the road. Okay. So we, like, we have things, like, they, like, you could take, like, a defensive driving course. Okay. Is what they would call it. So it was, like, it was just driving school, driving lessons, yeah. like, a vehicle. Yeah, so yeah. like, you gotta drive defensive. Like, make sure you're a defensive driver. Like, defend yourself. <laughs> and then I did a silly thing about, like... Oh, as opposed to what? Going on the offense? Like, just driving around hitting people? Like, I better hit him before he hits me. Yeah. And, like, doing silly stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah, so those are those are kind of the things. I remember I touched on cancer once. Uh-huh. That was, like, the first, like, tough topic I tried to take. Yeah, it's a touchy, and, uh, touchy one to touch on. <laughs> yeah, it went well. It, was, it went really well for the most part. Like, uh-huh. what I did, I did a silly play on, like, cancer researchers. Okay. Just kind of comparing them to the weatherman. Because, like, <laughs> people used to always say, like, about the weatherman, they'd be like, I wish I could get my job wrong seven days a week and keep my job. Right. You know? Right. And so then I was like, what about cancer researchers? <laughs> like, they've been throwing up air balls for, like, 60 years, you know? <laughs> I'm like, what could you have not tried by this point? Like, right. What are you doing? Coming into work on Monday, and you're like, I don't know, let's spray it with WD-40. Like, did a silly thing like that, yeah. and uh, it was fine. But then I, that was a big pivotal point for me where I realized what I want to do. Like, so I had a lady stand up at a show. Mm-hmm. Um, this was probably six months into my career, mm-hmm. um, which at the time I'd only done like we only had shows here about once a month. Yeah. So I'd only done about I don't know maybe ten shows at okay. this point. Yeah. And this was like a New Year's show, and I did this joke, and a woman stood up and left crying and demanded her money back uh, because he said that her mom just passed away from cancer. And now, the comic in me at first was like, ah, you know, screw her, like, I don't want, like, whatever, like, you came to a comedy show, it's a joke, you know? But then... I started to just really like think about like what is it that I want to do mm-hmm. and like what I want to do with comedy with my art is like I want to make you feel good like I want to make sure you leave my show feeling better than when you got there yeah. like I'm in the service industry my job is I'll make you feel good I promise I always say like you know comedians we're, we're kind of like prostitutes you know like you give us money we make you feel good <laughs> um, but our job is harder because we're not allowed to touch you you know so <laughs> so tricky but uh but with that, then I just realized, I'm like, dude, I just made someone feel worse. And yeah. I, I hold that to, like, a certain standard. Like, 
if you're gonna get easily offended by something, um, like I guess it's like I'm a barometer for it or something, you know, like that. I'm like, okay, do I need that laugh? Yeah. Like, is that laugh important enough that you risk hurting this person? Mm. Like, I have a lot of other stuff I can do outside of that. But then, I mean, some people just like I had a lady just online though get really mad about my um i have a joke about like trying to pick up chips living in the rv yeah the white van exactly but you know how hard it is to get a girl into a white van (laughs) i had a lady get really mad about that she's like you know how many women go missing and blah 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 that i was like look i'm not gonna yeah there's like this is silly and i'm making a joke like you know there's gotta be a line yeah exactly so i'm like i'm yeah i'm willing to like read the market figure out what material it is but it to a point you know you're not like yeah. yeah yeah it's um especially and i'm not i don't mean to sound like one of those but it's like it's getting more difficult not to offend anyone like you're gonna say something that's gonna piss someone off if you have any opinion <laughs> like so yeah. um yeah, yeah it's it's you gotta yeah. tiptoe through it yeah definitely it is like uh it is a little uh a little tricky i do find there's good things to it you know like you are having to um what are you having to be like more sensible with your material you have to mm-hmm. actually like put a little bit more work and be funny like you used to be able to just go up there and say some like racial stuff and uh throw on an accent and get a, like a big laugh yeah it's so where now you gotta have to have a bit more substance behind it and that oh. but i still have like i'm a very big believer in like let the market decide like i think that you should I think you should be able to say whatever you want on stage. Mm-hmm. You should be able to do whatever you want on stage. Like, go ahead. Say whatever you want. You want to go up there and say the end word, go ahead. But <laughs> the market is going to decide whether or not they want to see that. You yeah, know? right. That's the thing. If a bunch of people want to, like, if people want to go and line up and see that off-color stuff, then uh-huh. maybe I'm wrong, you know? Yeah, if yeah. If the majority of the people want that, then it's like, well, then I guess that's what they want. I do believe that you should be able to do that at, um, and just let, you know, let the masses decide. I find it is kind of weird when, like, I see when, like, people are petitioning to stop people from doing stuff. You know, like, even Kevin Hart got the Oscars taken away. Right. And For I'm some old like, tweets and whatnot. Yeah. And you're like, I I just couldn't imagine. Like, if I didn't like it, I'd just, like, I'm not going to support that guy. Like, right. I'm not going to his show. I'm not watching his content. I'm not going to, like, you know, I'm not going to be part of that. But to then go and lobby to get other people to get on board and be like, don't need, if you look at him, you're bad. I find that, <laughs> I, I just don't know that. I, I don't understand it, but maybe, mm-hmm. you know, again, maybe I'm wrong. That's one of my slogans in life all the time. Maybe I'm wrong, you know? <laughs> like, that's what I should actually call my special. My special's coming out in like a month and a half here, like yeah. my first special. I'm very excited. Yeah. And uh, I haven't picked a name for it yet. I don't know what to call it, you know? Maybe I'm It's That's not a bad one. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. So you got the special coming out. Is that going to be on YouTube or where uh, where can people get that? I think so, yeah. Like, so I've got a pitch with, like, Amazon and then um, I've got to send it off. There's, like, a label in America. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of 800-pound gorilla? I have not. No, yeah. So they're just, like, uh, they're, like, an American label. They, okay. um, they produce a lot of stand-up. They just did, I don't know if you ever heard of Kyle Canine. Oh, yeah. I had him on the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he, he just released with them. Right. Special with them, mm-hmm. and it sounds like I could probably get it on there. Like okay. it sounds like definitely doable. The only thing is, I just have to see like 
My biggest thing with the special, I think, is having... I want to clip it into reels, you know? Okay. I think, because it's really, it's very high-quality footage. Like, it looks amazing, dude. Right. Like, I'm like, this is... I finally got, like, really good quality footage. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in a packed theater with a beautiful backdrop and mm -hmm. setting. And, uh, you know, like, you're just crushing. The crowd's loving it. You got, yeah. got all the elements you need there. And... Uh, to have that high quality footage and content and being able to put that on my own social channels mm -hmm. and then use that to promote future shows. Because, like, the only way I'm all independent and self produced, the only way I make a living is selling tickets. Okay. Like, I I have to, I produce all my own shows, like me and my mom. Yeah. So my mom is tired now and now she's on board and yeah. she, uh, she does all of my, like, admin. So she does, like, contracts with venues, she arranges flights, hotels for okay. other acts. She comes to the shows and sells all the merch, and wow. uh, a lot of time we get to sell our own booze, so she's doing that. Nice. And that is my favorite part. Like, when I look at, like, my dream is just to get to travel the world with the people I love. You okay. Know? And I'm like, so my goal is always like, oh, you got to get there so you can do all of this. But, like, I kind of look around now, dude, and I'm, like, living in this little RV, <laughs> and it's like... I'm already there, you know, like I'm already touring the country yeah. with my my mom and like my friends in comedy and getting to do the thing I love. So it's like I am gaining a lot of momentum right now. The shows are getting a lot bigger. This is my first year ever doing like a full um, headline tour as a or full theater tour as the headliner. Okay. So like I'm headlining all the theaters myself now before yeah. I was always with crew. And it's like, it's very, very surreal. And we're doing our first arena this year. So I'm doing a 2,800-seat arena in nice. November. That's... Which is uh, big. It's very exciting. Yeah, where's that going to be? So it's in Prince George. It's in my hometown. Okay. It's the only place I can sell that many tickets. You know, you got to go home. <laughs> gotcha. Get that hometown support. Um, but it basically, like, the idea is, you know, get it working there and then kind of take that and move it, to, move it to the other cities and start trying to do that. Awesome. Yeah, I know. Um, I know you were talking about Amazon or uh, Eight Hundred Pound Gorilla, but yeah, YouTube. I, that's Big J, TJ Miller, Shane Gillis, Stavros. Like they're all going on YouTube now. So for their specials, yeah, at and least. That is, and that is like Eight Hundred Pound would be a release on YouTube. Okay, but right. It would be their channels, and I'm not sure. Like I think I want it on mine, just because like how this whole thing started was. I wasn't even going to do comedy. I was just like, I was trying to figure life out. Like, I was very sad. I was very depressed. I just okay. didn't, I was unhappy. I was like, life sucks. Like, I had a mortgage. By the time I was 20 years old, I had a mortgage. Mm. I had a brand new truck. I had a dirt bike, snowmobile, jet skis. Like, had all these toys. These I'd say I was a Olympic. <laughs> like, I had all of the hillbilly stuff you needed. Yeah. You know, um, and... It was just, I was like, you know, $600,000 in debt as a 20-year-old. And then you're just starting to work and you realize, you're like, dude, it's going to take 30 years to pay this off. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, is this, this is it? Like, is this what you want to be doing for your whole life, you know? And then I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so as I was getting closer to figuring it out, I was I'm like, okay, I'm going to just, I wanted, I liked comedy, but then I wasn't too sure. So then I actually started getting into, I like wanted to travel because I'd only never left my hometown wanted to travel and I started getting big into that so I was like oh I'll do a vlog mm -hmm. and then I was like oh, we'll call it an experiment called life yeah and I'm like this life is an experiment the solution we're looking for is our happiness and I was just gonna drive around in a camper van and <laughs> vlog and I wanted to drive to Central America with my dog and that was it yeah 
and then comedy started going well. It was the first thing that was like a hobby that I liked. Okay. That I could find, see how I could monetize it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't even that I loved doing it that much because the, the shitty thing about comedy is at the beginning, you just suck for so long. Yeah. Like, you're just not funny. Like, it's so hard because I always say it's like, the only way to get better at comedy is you have to do it live. Mm-hmm. So it's like, imagine trying to learn to juggle, but you were only allowed to practice when you had a crowd watching you. You would be <laughs> like, I am so sorry. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you're just yeah. trying it. And you get to do it for five minutes, and they're like, that's it, stop. And then you like have to wait a week. And they're like, okay, you can do five minutes again when everyone gets here. Yeah. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, so then the, that's the thing. with I've, I've vlogged from the moment I quit my job, up until now, like the pandemic, I kind of fell off for a while because I'm like, what am I going to film? I'm sitting in my parents' driveway. Mm. Like, there's, you know, but uh, I basically filmed from the moment I quit my job and sold my house in 2019 up until now. Okay. And uh, so I think if I put my special on my channel and then do all the marketing to push people there, uh-huh. then maybe they'll get to see more of my backstory and then people will get more interested in being what I'm doing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw the, um, I don't know if it was like a montage or it was one of your, one of the reels on, on your Instagram. I think it's from your special. It was at that theater. Um, yeah. You had the purple suspenders. Yeah, you look, bet. Looking fresh. I, I was watching that and I'm like, damn, like, this guy's like a big deal. Like, you're signing shirts, you're taking pictures, you're, you're crushing on stage. So that's why I was, I was stoked at first when you responded, and then, like, the, you know, the deeper the dive, the more I realized, I'm like, this guy is like, you know, I, one day, you're going to be, you know, specials on whatever, and whatever yeah. like that, I'm going to be like, yeah, he was he was on my podcast. Yeah, yeah buddy. <laughs> yeah. I know. Thanks, man. No, I'm excited. Like, uh, this is where I'm trying to really, like, that's why I started my podcast back up, like, because I wasn't uh-huh. doing that vlog really that much anymore, right. and then what I did is I'm like, I really want to be doing it, but I just don't have the time, like, now I'm, you know, I'm so busy, like, I work, like, I've honestly been in meetings, at, like, it's one thirty my time now, yeah. I've been in meetings since 9.30 this morning, Sheesh. and then, like, literally, like, I, I had, like, 30 minutes to quickly grab lunch and then get here to do this, mm-hmm. and that is one of the nice things about having this, your whole house is with you everywhere, right. but it is, like, I just don't have the time, or I mean, I guess I would, I, I don't like the excuse, I don't have time, but <laughs> it's just my priority, like, doing the vlog isn't a priority right now, but I really want to be documenting this, because dude, like, I'm like, this is the come up, like, this is yeah. the part, that I will probably look back on this in 10 years and be like, that was the best time of it all, okay. it was like, you were just starting to get traction, you know, you're finally, you're finally being able to pay your bills, you know, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, we're getting, we're, we're not drowning anymore, we're making some headway, um, things are growing, and it's just, uh, it's just a very, very exciting time, Yeah. and I wanted that documented, so that's why, I've been doing a podcast now, every Monday, just 10 minutes, right. and I just, like, uh, talk about where I am, what I was doing, and what, what was coming up and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no doubt about, like, you're talking about, like, the the household name like I really the more that I get into it, I'm a big big fan of motivational speaking okay like I listen to motivational speaking so that's what when we get on the podcast here I'm going to the gym and I listen to you ever heard of Eric Thomas yeah 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 Eric Thomas I put him in my headphone every day <laughs> and he just yells at me for an hour yeah and I'm at the gym and I'm like oh do more work harder so no no music it's it's motivational speeches all motivational 
official speakers, dude. They're just yeah. yelling, just screaming like, You think you give a 120? You give an 80? You give it 70? Let's go! Come on, no rest! He's like, you waking up at 2? I'm waking up at 1? Yeah. Again, your style of comedy, it's absolutely like you can get as big as you want because you just have that that charm, you know, that um it really draw like I said, it drew me in, I'm sure. It it's what drew in your fifteen thousand followers on Instagram, like and then whoever else. Um so uh you mentioned your dog that's why I opened my door, my dogs were, were barking. Um I think it's so cool. You you bring your dog on stage with you and you're doing so much and it's it's Bark Twain, right? Uh, my dog? No, it, no, that's a good one though. Who, where, where was that? Someone posted that, right? I, no, I heard it in one of your one of your reels. Um, you were talking about you said Bark Twain, so that's why I thought that was the dog's name. I, no, no, no. His name is uh, Finley. His name is Finley. But Finley, I can't nice. Remember that. I remember that reference, so little yeah. Bark Twain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. And I studied a lot of his stuff, and that's where I started coming up with. I noticed like 
a formula for getting viral videos and just writing tight jokes. Mm -hmm. um, so then you start with that, and I think that's the beginning of the craft, just learning. You're, do, you're doing jokes, they're not really about anything, but they're just funny. Yeah. And now I think, I think I'm at the best stage right now where you're now getting to take your craft and relate it more to your life. Okay. So you're going like, so I get to go, who is Alex McKenzie? And then I get to go, and what is it like to be Alex McKenzie? Yeah. And then I get to now try to figure that out and write about it and then express it to people. And it's like, you get to be understood and connect with a crowd. And it it's the best feeling in the world, man. And I'm always so proud. Oh, don't worry, let him bark. Let him have it. She's, uh, a, she's a nine-month-old, so she's very oh, loud. What's her, what's her name? Uh, this is Theo. Theodosia. I have three. I have three dogs. Um, okay. Yeah, I have two mastiffs, uh, including this one. She's the uh, the nine month old. I'll just hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nine months old, and she's already like eighty five pounds. So she's gonna be a big girl. Um, yeah. Sorry, but. <laughs> yeah. Now anyway, I'm getting to like write more about. Uh, like my life and those type of things and mm -hmm. so like I've been working on I think I did it is like a TikTok the other day and that's where it's exciting because then I'll get to watch this grow into a joke on stage yeah. and then it'll I think it's going to be the closing piece for my special but at the end of most of my specials I like to do like a uh, touching little piece about uh, life and love or whatever yeah. type of stuff you know yeah, yeah. or like just about like some something like the last one was inspirational it's about quitting my job to chase a dream right um, six figure like, job yeah yeah exactly and then now this new one I think is going to be about love and it's basically like you know my dog like he's got older and older and he can do less and less but like I just love him more and more Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, you know, like he's 13 and it's like, you know, he's never said a word. Right. So like if there's anything that Finley can teach me in life, it's that maybe someone would love me if every once in a while I just shut the hell up. <laughs> so I think that that is kind of going to be a little sneak peek. That's going to be the closer for the like special. That. Something like that where you're like sending a message about, um, yeah, just love and like how it's like it doesn't need to be said. Yeah, love isn't like word; it's a feeling, you know. And it's like, yeah, yeah. and you don't need to like do anything to receive love or get love. Like love is, you know, like they always say, unconditional. Mm -hmm. And it's like, like my dog really doesn't do anything, and I just love him. And it's not like if he doesn't do what I ask, I don't love him. I love him, you know. Yeah. And I'm gonna put that into a bigger piece about like my father. Like I think I have the best dad in the world, but I'll tell you, like my dad, my dad has never said I love you to any of us. Okay. He's, he's just never said love. It. I've never heard it. Neither has my mom. Like no one in our family has ever said I love you. It's kind of like, like Logan I'm, Roy from Succession. What's that? It's kind of like Logan Roy from Succession. Oh, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's unreal. Dude. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. But anyway, sorry. But no, no, just that where you're just like you know, like they never, they never said I love you. I always said a joke where it's like if I told my parents I love them, they'd be like, "Are you gonna kill yourself? Like, <laughs> What's uh, wrong? Like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like, but the thing is, they didn't have to. Like I know that they love me, and I yeah. knew they did. So I'm excited to like put that into a piece. Um, there's a really good thing from I read a book called Ha. It's just like the psychology of laughter. Okay. Where it's just, dude, it's so dry. It's just university studies about what laughter is. Like, yeah. it'll literally, like, 
when a P-300 is elicited in the ends or whatever section of the cerebellum, yeah. then it takes a P-400 to complete the narrative. And then you're like, whoa, okay, what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> but they talk about creativity. And I'll, I'll try to find it here. I, I always forget, but they talk about there's like three different stages of creativity. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, here they are. So one is like, they call it combinational creativity. Okay. So it's like combined familiar ideas in a particular idea. Okay. So it's like take things that people already know, but then combine them in like a certain way. Yeah. Um, there's exploratory creativity, which is like you're making new connections with existing knowledge. Okay. So it's like we all know this and we all know this, but we never thought of this. Gotcha. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like creativity where you're like, oh, shit. And then, then the biggest one and the like the best one is it's like transformational creativity, okay. which is something that forces us to restructure our thinking. Okay. So that, that's where like uh, like really really good art does that. It makes you go, oh, you see the world in a bit of a different way, mm-hmm. or you're like, oh, I never thought of that. Like you know, like just a like a really simple example would be like taking something that everyone sees as a real negative and mm-hmm. finding a way to turn it into a positive. And then if you're able to do that so that those people can now not look at that thing in a negative light anymore, then you go, oh, shit, like, that, that is actually good. Yeah. And it's like, I can't, you can't unsee that thing now. You're like, no, when I see that, you're like, oh, no, that, that's not bad. That's actually a good thing. You know? Yeah. So, I love that. So if you can so if you can show people like that failure is actually the first step to success, you know, yeah. you're like, no, you want to fail. Like you want things to go wrong and fail. Right, because right. That's where char- characters oh. develop. That's where, you know, all of your greatest joys in life will come from. Like, and I think that's a big fundamental one because generally looking back on our past, I know for me, especially I take the greatest joy in what we're, directly proportional to how difficult the task was okay you know yeah. like if it's something simple that was like really easy to achieve i look back on it and i'm like oh that was okay yeah. but it's like if it was something that i really worked on for a long time and was like i don't know if i could do this and then you overcome it beat it mm-hmm. or finish the thing yeah. that i'm like what was it like winning a championship in sports right you're like, yeah. Dude, we worked all year for that shit and you did it and you're gonna look back on that favorably even though it was extremely hard yeah, that's all. I, that's awesome, man. I like. I, I, I wish I was a deeper thinker. I really do. Um, so when like I hear stuff like that, it blows my mind because I'm not always on that level. You know what I mean? So I really love hearing that. Um, I know what I think, dude. I just think people don't get enough time. Like we're so busy. Like that's where the True. biggest advantage I have, dude, is I cut out everything. Yeah. Like I, I own this is everything I own is in this RV right now, yeah. and it's not a lot. I even have empty cupboards up here. Like there's just I don't. I got clothes, yeah. I got a laptop, and like a TV and a PlayStation. And it's like, you know, most people are just you're just trying to get through the days. You're like, dude, I got bills. You know, I got a wife, I got kids. Yeah, I've got you know, you know these obligation responsibilities. I gotta get to work. I gotta go grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. I gotta you know. It just, all of that jams up all your time. Yeah. And then uh, you just don't really, you end up looking back in like 35 years when you retire and you're getting through everything and you're like, what happened? (laughs) Yeah. Definitely goes way too fast. Everything. Yeah. You know, Um, I, I got the notification. We got a little under four, four minutes left. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask before before I lost you. Um, yep. From Canada, I saw you had a video where you you were on the ice. You were playing hockey. You're a hockey fan, right? Yeah. Okay. Who's your that team? Was my Washington Capitals. Capitals. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do you watch hockey? I do. I do. I'm a Blackhawks fan. It's been rough, but we got we got Connor Bedard coming our way. So. Oh, dude, that's crazy, right? Yeah. Th- things are gonna so be okay. Like, um, you're gonna be all right. Yeah. Be yeah. You've been watching the Cup? A little bit, dude. Honestly, I know it's I've probably hard. Hockey, like I have got so obsessed with this dream, dude. Yeah. That I just like I. I'm missing out on a lot of stuff. But when yeah. I think about it, I go, like, this is what I want to do. Like, yeah. there's nothing I'd rather do. But I like all my friends that kicked me out of their hockey pools this year. Huh. Like, you're not coming back next year because you were so bad. Like, I just <laughs> I just haven't done it. Like, hockey, I used to, dude, I used to take regular, like, I would take time off work to watch regular season games. Oh, man. Like, I loved it. Like, hockey was my first pursuit. And that's what I think is allowing me to gain success in comedy. Okay. Because I look at all of my shortcomings in hockey. Okay. I like. I just thought I was going to be a professional hockey player, and I wasn't acting like one. Like yeah. I wasn't training every day. I wasn't studying tape. I wasn't eating right. Like I was just showing up and playing and be like, I'm pretty good at this. Like I'll be fine. <laughs> and you're like, No, dude. Like you have to work a lot harder. Yeah. Because as I got older, everyone got way better, and now that's with comedy. I feel like I got a second chance because like an athletic pursuit dies so early. Yeah. And then. I got a job at the mill, and I was like, dude, I missed it. Like, I missed my chance to have greatness in life and, like, have this fulfilling life. Uh-huh. And uh, then as soon as comedy came around and I started to get some traction, I'm like, don't mess this up, dude. You have the opportunity of a lifetime to oh, make yeah. something happen. And it's like, just wake up, and every single day, you don't feel like it, like, get to it, dude. Like, you're, you're doing it. I love that. I love that a lot. I really do. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I'm a big fan of motiv- motivational speeches myself. I always go back to the Matthew McConaughey one, uh, yeah. the what success is to you or whatever, and uh, life is unfair, all that, so don't play a victim. So, yeah. it's the whole thing. Um, we got just about a minute left. Alex, yeah. thank you so much for doing this. I, I seriously oh, dude, appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me, man. Like, I, would, I would love to come on the show again, man. That time flew by, dude. I know. That notification popped up, and I was like, God damn, that was, that was way too quick. Um, yeah. But was there anything you wanted to plug before we left? I know you got the special coming out and podcast, so much stuff. So I'll let you yeah. take the stage. No, no, dude, just, uh, yeah, if you like it, just find me at Alex Tells Jokes. That's kind of like everything there. And mm-hmm. uh, no, man, like, uh, that's about it, dude. Just people helping people. Hopefully everyone's <laughs> having a good time. If you're feeling sad, give me a, give me a message, you know. Yeah. I'll, uh, I can write you a custom joke or something. But just remember, <laughs> the world's beautiful, man. And everything is going to be okay. Also, nothing really matters. And uh, maybe I'm wrong. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. That's. I'm, I'm just wrong. saying that could work. That could work. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, good luck on wherever you're going to next. Yeah. Um, yeah. Make sure you just tag me in some stuff. I'll reshare it, man. And uh, let's talk soon and set up another time to do this. Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. All right. I'll see you. Good. Thanks, Joe. Take care. Thank you. Bye. All right, everybody, that was Alex McKenzie. Man, that guy is so, so positive, and I love that so much. Um, I think the world needs more of it. Um, I know I did a couple episodes ago. I was talking about my mental health and what I'm going through, and 
honestly, I watched Alex McKenzie's reels. Uh, I listened to his podcast. I feel better. I feel better. So I'm really, really glad that I found out about him, that uh, Instagram showed me his reel. And um, I, if he's serious about doing another podcast, there was so much more I wanted to talk about. I mean, he's from Canada. We didn't even talk about Canada. Um, he was just on an Australian coast-to-coast tour. We didn't talk about Australia. Uh, we didn't talk about food. I always talk about food because, again, like I said in the intro, I'm fat. But, uh, yeah, no, really, really stoked that that went as well as it did. And uh, really stoked that my fucking dogs interrupted it again. But, of course, he was super cool about it. Not surprised there. He's a super cool guy. So, big shout out to Alex McKenzie. Give him a follow. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'm not on Twitter, but he probably has a Twitter. He's got the podcast, uh, Experiment Called Life. He he does um, a festival called Hungry for Laughs. Like he, do, he He's doing a lot. He's out there. So, you know, reach out, like you said, you know, if you're having a bad day, Alex McKenzie's your guy. You can also reach out to me if you feel more comfortable, you know, or both of us. Double the positivity. I Honestly, it's inspirational. Like, that was an inspirational interview. I want to make the world a better place. That's why I've always liked comedy. That's why I like this podcast. I like being able to potentially entertain you, make you laugh, um, sometimes make you think, but probably not too much, but... You know, maybe every now and then. Um, so I'm really glad I could do this, and I hope you get something out of it. And again, just feeling inspired right now, feeling good, feeling really good. This is this was good for me. This was therapeutic. So <laughs> maybe I'm being too dramatic. Sorry, but I don't know. I'm just happy right now. I'm glowing. I'm not. You know, I might walk out and people will be like, "Whoa, Joe, are you pregnant?" I think I did that joke last week. So anyway, um, thank you again, Alex. Alex McKenzie. Uh, that was, that was a great interview and, uh, we'll be back after this tiny break, wrap this thing up like a burrito. I just had Chipotle for lunch. So I know what that looks like. It was impressive too. Like there was a lot in there and he, he got it all in. There was no sour cream dripping out, you know, those Chipotle people, they know what they're doing. All right. We'll be back. All right, everybody, and we're back. We're going to wrap up episode 70. It's been a fun ride. We're in the 70s now. We've hit 70 and so on from here. Can't wait till we get to 80. Whew, the big eight zero, but that's that's down the road because it's been a while since we hit episode 60. I know I've been inconsistent. I don't always release the episode on Friday. I know it's called Feel Good Friday. It's, it should be on Friday, but sometimes it's not. My bad. Life is crazy. I hope you understand. Anyway. Wrapping up, burrito style. I just had a burrito yesterday. I think I, I think I should cool it. Maybe take a little break. Take a little hiatus. A little burrito hiatus. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, but I, I told you last episode or two episodes ago about uh, Boomerang, the uh, streaming Boomerang app channel, whatever it's called, and uh, how it's kind of been a, a trip down memory lane. All these. Uh, you know, Scooby-Doo movies and all that. And I started diving into some other stuff and we watched, uh, Finn and I, we watched, uh, the Flintstones Halloween special, like Rockenstein and Count Rockula 
It's like there are other words besides rock that you can use, but whatever. It's still cool. It's vintage Halloween stuff. And then after that, we watched the vintage Casper Halloween special where Casper wanted to go out and trick or treat, but his ghost family buddies, whatever that lived in the house with them, uh, they were like, no, fuck that. We're actually going to go out and start scaring people. And uh, you're just you're just going to have to deal with that, Casp. I'm sorry. That's what we do. We're ghosts. And Casp was like, no, man, fuck you. I want to trick. I want some candy. So every time Casper tries to trick or, t- trick or treat, he gets to a house and the ghosts are like right behind him and they scare the shit out of the people. And Casper gets no candy and it's really mean, but uh, it's okay. It all works out because Casper ends up meeting some orphans. And uh, it, that's really sad. There's like, uh, they start that with, they go to the orphanage and the guy who runs it is like, I'm sorry, we couldn't afford costumes, kids. Um, but I got these little masks right here and these brown paper bags. So uh, have at it. And they all like, they're all stoked. They're like, this is amazing. And I was like, thank God I wasn't an orphan because yikes. Um, no offense if you're an orphan, you're great, Batman. Okay. Um, but it was like really sad. And then they go out and the thing that pissed me off the most about this special was the trick or treating montage of the orphans going around in their little mask and paper bag costumes. Ridiculous, but not that, that didn't piss me off. That was just sad. Uh, so that, you know, saddened me, but it didn't, I wasn't upset. What upset me was, uh, they're like, they're singing this song about all the stuff they get on Halloween when they go trick-or-treating. And the first thing they get to, the first house they go to, it's like a big fruit plate. There's like bananas, berries, great, like all this stuff, all these fruits. And they're stoked about it. They're stoked. I mean, I'm maybe, you know, I don't understand because I'm not an orphan. Maybe a fruit plate is a huge deal. But as a kid who knows that Halloween is for candy, it's primarily for candy purposes when you go trick-or-treating, I would be pissed if someone was like, if I was like, hey, trick-or-treat, it's Halloween, it's the one day a year where you can give out free candy, and then they just presented me a fruit plate? Are you, no, no. I would smack that, I would book check them, but I would fruit plate check them, you know? Uh, Because it's just a little crazy to me. It's a little crazy that that i don't know maybe this was a thing back in the day because again this is a vintage halloween special um it's from like the 80s or 90s or some shit so i I trick-or-treated in the 90s i don't remember getting fruit i feel like if i did go to a house and they were like here's some fruit i'd be like fuck that house i'm never coming to you again as a matter of fact we're gonna tp you later uh it just, it, it goes against what Halloween is. Candy is a staple of Halloween to me, you know, uh, especially Reese's. And that could just be because the colors are orange and brown and yellow and it's very fall colors. So it goes with a Halloween theme. But uh, I, I feel like a house that's giving out fruit that presents a fruit plate, a fruit platter, if you will, to, to the kids that come up. What are you doing? Awful, awful people. Uh, and then they're like, they're getting cookies and someone said like, there was a part in the song about a cake. Like what? <sighs> this cartoon is nuts, you know? And then they, they get to like, they're at some like rich neighborhood 
and they're looking at these kids at the door that are trick-or-treating in front of them and they're like whoa look at those costumes and they're like shitty costumes but they're like there's those are rich people costumes and they go to try to trick-or-treat and the butler's like uh what are you doing in this neighborhood uh and you know they're they're kind of like we're trick-or-treating it's fucking halloween dude obviously and he goes why don't you go home and they're like, we don't have a home. We're orphans. And he goes, all right, too bad. And he shuts the door on him. And it's really like, that's awful. And uh, the, it's, just, it's a crazy cartoon. And um, I'm glad I watched it because I was laughing a lot during it. And uh, also getting mad, though, because fruit on Halloween, like that, it's upsetting. It's upsetting. Just the thought of it. Obviously, I'm too old to trick or treat. I'm too young to die. But if I if I were like if when I bring Finn trick or treating this coming Halloween and the next and so on and so on, if someone offers him fruit, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a look that says, "Hey, get that fucking fruit plate out of my face and give my kids some Reese's." Okay, just saying, just saying. You know, I get it. It's 2023. Everyone wants to be healthier. You know, but come on. Halloween is not for fruit. We know that. Even the orange peanuts are are upsetting these days. And that's not fruit. That's still like a shitty thing for you to eat. But it's awful. It's awful. So if, a ki- if anyone offers my kid fruit, a cake, I, we'll take the cake. We'll take the cake. I'll carry the cake and I'll bring it home. Um, orange peanuts, those fucking big circus peanuts, those stupid things. Those I used to, I did get. I never got fruit. But I did get those orange peanuts, and I always hated it. I'd be like, thanks. Appreciate it. Fucking asshole. Just get some Snickers or a Milky Way or something, you know? Uh, or black licorice. Black licorice can take a hike. Twizzlers I'm okay with. It's not black licorice, but it is, it's it's red licorice, essentially. So it's like, it's it's close, but but people love Twizzlers. A lot of people love Twizzlers, uh, and... Uh, Whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat. And if you like the orange peanuts and the black licorice and fruit, if that's what you want on Halloween, go for it. In my eyes, that's weird, but it's okay. It's what, ma- it's what makes you happy. So just do whatever makes you happy. You can even request it. Be like, hey, do you, you know, I know you're about to offer me this king-size Three Musketeers bar, but do you have any fruit? If that's what you want to do, go for it. Um, but not me. I'm a traditionalist. And uh, I feel like Halloween is candy, good candy. So that's my stance on the Casper Halloween special. I know you were really curious about my thoughts on that as it came out probably about 40 years ago, but uh, I thought I should let you know, thought I should let you know. So anyway, um, that'll do it for me. Um, Now that I got that off my chest, got a wedding this weekend. Big wedding, my sister's wedding, Becky and Steve, getting hitched, June 10th, 2023, saved the date, I saved it, I RSVP'd, I got a hotel room, sent me back, <clears throat> 200 bucks, but it's okay, I'm rich, I watch Succession now, I'm rich, mentally, but <laughs> not according to my bank account, um, but yeah, I got a wedding this weekend, I might do a wedding special like the rehearsal dinner and then, um, you know, getting ready for the wedding. I might do some some small little segments, you know, be like, hey, you know, Jeremy, what do you think about the wedding? And so on and so on. Uh, just ask everyone kind of what they think. 
get some thoughts, get some wedding thoughts, record some funny things. And, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And then, then again, <laughs> I might be too gone to even remember to do that. So, uh, it's the beauty of life. You never know what's going to happen. It's crazy. It's what's scary about life. It's what's beautiful about life, but that's life. That's life. And, uh, on that note, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end the episode. It's been a fun one. Alex McKenzie, you are the fucking man. Appreciate you giving me the time. And uh, we'll we'll set up another one, hopefully sometime this summer, because still got a lot more to ask you. So easy to talk to. Such a good dude to talk to. Great conversation. Really happy that uh, the interview happened. And he, you know, he's saying he's down to share it and promote it. And I appreciate that too. So hopefully we'll grow a little bit. Um, so big shout out, Alex McKenzie, and, um, that'll do it. Thank you all for listening. Episode 70 is in the books. We made it. Let's keep going. Episode 71 is going to be killer, especially if it's a wedding special, especially if it's a wedding special. I hear the, the wedding bells are ringing or something. Is that what they used to say? Is that what old people? I'm going to stop. Okay. Thank you.